The following broadcast is brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International. Father, let every ear be anointed to hear now and every heart receptive receive all that you have, we pray. In Jesus' name, everyone said, you may be seated. Just to just deal with this, people have been messaging me on social media about what's going on with RevivalTV.com. Um, said the sound and video are not in sync, been that way all week. This problem is a Vimeo issue, it's not us. Our signal for the satellites worldwide is fine, so this is a problem with Vimeo. So we're working on it. They have to clear it up on their side. There's nothing we can do, just so you know. Thank you for letting us know, but we'll do our best to get it sorted out. Amen. I want you to take your Bibles and go with me now to the book of Psalms, and we're going to go to chapter 2, and I want to read verse 8. The title of the message this morning is Asking God for the Nations. Now, we obviously, this is about prayer, because anytime you ask God, you pray. And um, Psalm 2 and verse 8, he said, Ask of me, and I will give you the heathen for your inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for your possession. Which, when you think about it, what God is actually asking you to ask him about, he's actually asking you, can you ask me about the nations? So God is wanting you to ask him about the nations. If you listen to religious people, there's nothing you can do. The whole planet's going to pot. Everything's upside down. There's nothing we can do, and it's the end of the world. How many of you heard people talk like that? It's the end of the world. Well, we know Jesus is coming very soon, but it's not the end of the world yet. The Lord spoke to me in that open vision. He said, the end is not yet. And God spoke to me and gave me instruction through the year 2029. Are you with me? So we still got 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, another six years. So I'm going with what the Lord told me. I'm not going by what some prophet of doom came up with that America will end tomorrow. It's not going to end tomorrow. It's got problems, but it's always had problems. You just didn't know about it. Are you with me? <laughs> you go back to the days of the Great Depression, or you go back to the 1800s or the 1700s, always had problems. But there were believers that prayed, and there were believers that God used in a powerful way to do something. Imagine, imagine getting to heaven and then you say, the Lord say, you know what, I actually had some great things planned for you, but you were so afraid, you went and lived in a mountain, and, 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 and you had stored beans, and you lived on stored beans, and special food, in a bunker, because you were worried about your life. We got nothing to worry about, sudden death, sudden glory. It's like a lady shows up here one day. Do you think they're going to nuke us? I said, who cares? If they did, we wouldn't even know it. 
You wouldn't know it. It would be a bright light and you see Jesus. I mean, just pray it's on your head and you're not in the fallout zone. You don't want to be 100 miles from there. Just pray it's right on you. The area where the nuke hit was right above your head. You'll just go, <laughs> you'll be straight in heaven. Everything will be great. For the ch children of God, you've got nothing to lose. What are you afraid of? Some say, well, I'm afraid to die. I will tell you right now, and I'm not even prophesying, everyone in this room will die. <laughs> not today, but every single person under the sound of my voice will die. Not today. He said, ask of me and I'll give you the heathen for your inheritance. Many do not realize the prayer power made available to the body of Christ, the church. Ask me. God's telling you, ask me. Sorry, ask me. Ask. Ask me. There's nations that God's laid upon people's hearts here that you're asking the Lord for. How many are praying for nations? We just shout out the nation. No, and let's try to do it together. I'll count to three and then we'll all do it together. One, two, three. Somebody said, well, the Lord can't answer everybody's prayer. Oh, you're talking about the prayers of the righteous? You're talking about the fact that the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers? What are you smoking, crack? God will honor his word. Can you say amen? In Matthew 16 and verse 19, he said, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. You have the prayer power by your mouth to bind and take authority over the enemy and just stand up and say, no, devil, you're not having my country. No, you're not having this land. As long as I'm here on the earth, if God would not destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because there were 50 righteous, and even then it was bogging down 45, 45, went down to five. There are more than 50 righteous in America. Therefore, God will hear the cry of the righteous and God will honor his word. If my people call by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal the land. And I'm here to proclaim that God is healing our land. I don't care what's, going, what's happening in Washington, D.C. I don't care what's happening in Congress. I don't care what's happening in the Senate. The devil cannot have his way at this hour because the blood-bought, blood-washed church of the living God is here and we are occupiers and we are to occupy until he comes. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say this after me. I have been given prayer power. I've been given the keys to the kingdom. Whatever I bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever I loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So I'm going to do this just to practice. I bind the enemy even now from what he's planning to do in America. Even what he's planned for this next week. 
in the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus, right now, total havoc is being wreaked in his kingdom, and the wheels are being pulled off of Pharaoh's chariots, and whatever the enemy was planning for this next week is nullified in Jesus' name, and I loose the very angels of heaven to work on our behalf to cause to come to pass that which is God's plan and which is God's purpose. Now, a church, come on, yeah, yeah. A church that doesn't pray is a weak church. A church that doesn't pray is a church that is nervous about everything. Is worried about what people think. What are they going to think of us? We better, we better just close down. We, 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 we can't have services. We just, well, let's close down and we just stay home. We just, we'll just watch online and we'll mask up. Our church has got beautiful mosques with wonderful scriptures on it. We'll just stay home, just get toilet paper. <laughs> we don't know why, but we've got to get toilet paper. They told us, you need toilet paper. And we stay home because we don't want to go to church and die. A church that prays knows that no one's going to die. A church is a place of healing and miracles. I don't mean to keep repeating this all the time, but you know, when they told me, said, you need to shut everything down, I said, impossible. We have a healing school here for incurable diseases. What I'm going to tell somebody with brain damage, I'm going to tell somebody with cancer, stage four, Sorry, um, we'd love to pray for you, but right now, mm, we kind of are adhering to the mandates that have been put out by the World Health Organization. And Dr. Fin Dr. Finocchio and Dr. Fauci just said that it would not be conducive that if we had healing school, yeah, people would be dropping dead in the healing school. I know they're dying anyway, but just if they're going to die, just die of cancer. But you don't want to die of COVID. COVID's worse than cancer. You know that. I mean, it's just terrible. <laughs> people, people with incurable diseases suddenly, oh my God, I thought what I had was bad. But Dr. Finocchio, <laughs> come over here. We can't do this anymore. No, 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 just, just, I, just, no, no, just we do it like a, 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 a just the air touch. In case that I give you a hug and then you infect me and I infect you and, and then you, you die. He's not dead. He's just under the power. 
Somebody said, oh no, he got infected. <laughs> Jesus. Did he need that this morning? Yeah, the, the, your wife said you need it. <laughs> Bless him, Lord. Bless him. Yeah, let me help you up. Pastor Alan. <sighs> See, what we have is more contagious. Can you say amen? So, the power that's available, which is what we're going to put in force tomorrow from noon to midnight. So, and somebody said, well, I have to work during the day. That's fine. I'm sure you can tarry with us an hour or two or three. We used to do all-night prayers from 6 to 6, but then people fall asleep at 2 in the morning, and I couldn't bear it anymore. I couldn't stand there watching people snore in the thing. I just, I just I'm not sitting up all night with people on an endurance thing here to pray through to 6 o'clock in the morning, and half of them are... <laughs> just, you know. So we go midday to midnight, and we're going to press in. The Bible says, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. I love playing with words. If an engine overheats and runs out of oil, it seizes. So you can say, pray without ceasing. Most people have seized up. They don't pray anymore. They don't pray anymore. Then they're really surprised if they pray and something actually happens. Oh, you won't believe it. I prayed and actually something happened. Uh, duh. <laughs> I went to a restaurant. I sat down. I ordered off the menu. You want to know what happened? They actually served me. You won't believe it. I went there. I ordered a starter. I ordered the main course. I even ordered um, uh, something to drink, and I ordered a dessert. You won't believe this. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? They brought it all. <laughs> you know, you know, I prayed, and God gave me a miracle. I was praying, my husband, my husband was just cantankerous and he was just belligerent and just always giving me problems. And I cried out to the Lord that God would help. And God came and touched my husband. Now he's the sweetest man on the planet. I prayed for my wife. She, she just was trouble. She was known amongst who's who of the troublemakers. And God gave me a total miracle, and my wife's life changed. I'm just giving you examples. I'm not speaking of myself or my wife. I'm just, people get shocked when God actually gives them the breakthrough. My uncle, who was an alcoholic, we prayed for him for years, and then his whole life's changed. Can you believe, can you believe it? 
He was an alcoholic. He doesn't you know alcoholic anymore. Why is it that people are, are surprised when answered prayer happens? Jesus was actually moved when stuff didn't happen. Jesus marveled at their unbelief. So, I mean, I want him to look at the River Church and the River members and just go, I'll tell you what, if there's any group of people on the earth that have faith, those people have faith, and they, they're willing to stretch themselves and believe me for big things. Because when you ask, you ask largely as well. You don't ask small. I mean, how embarrassing it is for the Father sitting on the throne Jesus at the right hand of the Father praying for you, and you come sniveling up to the throne, whining. Oh, Lord, I know that I'm not worthy. And I, I, I've read some of your scripture, Lord, but if you can, just like not do the whole thing, just do a partial thing. Just, Lord, just give me a little sign that you are alive. Help me know you are here. Is that a dumb song? People worship. Help me know you are here. Oh, God. Like, I tune out. I tune out. What? Get saved. Help me know you are here. <laughs> Help me know you are here. First Timothy two and verse eight, I will therefore, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. In other words, don't come in anger. I'll tell you what, I'm a prayer of America. America's been such a bad thing. I tell you, God just need to go in there and kill everybody. No, 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 no. Just back right off there. Without wrath. We're not praying that anybody gets killed. Are you with me? We're praying that people get saved, that they come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, there are people you might not like, but that's got nothing to do with you. That's just your own particular likes or dislikes. I don't like that person. Well, it doesn't matter. Jesus died for that person, and so we're going to lift them up in prayer and believe that they're going to get saved. There's people lost Without God, I just, in the news program today, I talked about a couple who are 93 years old in Holland, husband and wife, been married over 70 years. And uh, yesterday or the day before, they euthanized themselves together. They held each other's hand as they both took a poisonous injection and died together because their health was starting to fail them. Apparently, he was a former prime minister of, of, of Holland back in the 70s. And I thought, uh, okay, so you've got failing health, so you end your life and go straight to hell. You, you end a temporary situation, which actually, in fact, 93 years old, couple, 70 years married, looks like the Lord actually blessed them with a long life, but 
they don't want to face death, so they just euthanize themselves. This is what's happening in Europe. It's happening in Switzerland. You can get a pod. You can pay money to go just put yourself in the pod, close the pod yourself, and inject yourself. So people are taking themselves out. You are alleviating a temporal problem to take on an eternal one. Are you with me? That's why suicide is not even an option or way out for the child of God. Amen. So we're not coming, Lord, kill these people. I know these people saying they want certain people dead and these people need to die. First of all, we pray, Father, save them. If they're going to continue to fight your church, then do what you need to do, which is fine by us. We're not, I'm not going to ask you what method you want to do or how you want to do it. If, but I would rather that they get saved. I don't want anybody going to hell. It doesn't matter who they are. Can you say amen? So he says, what is it then? I will pray with the Spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. So we, we pray with the Spirit. That's why we have our prayer language. How many have the prayer language of your other tongues? That's what we pray about. Don't let the devil poo-poo that. Oh, no, you're just praying gibberish. Shut up. You don't understand it. I'm speaking mysteries to God, and I'm praying by the Spirit, and God, the Holy Ghost, is praying through me the perfect will of God because I don't know how to pray like I should, and if I prayed, my emotions would get involved, and then I'd say, kill them. But, Lord, you don't want to kill them. You want to save them. Are you with me? How many understand that? So then I just give way, which is what we're going to do tomorrow. We'll put each hour, we'll be putting different things on the screen. If you look at your bulletin, you'll see it's already listed, and we'll be praying over these things. Am I excluding the other things that you want to pray about? No. You can make a list of things. You can make your own 12 list of things that you want to pray for tomorrow. I'm totally happy with that. We'll just get in agreement with you that we're going to move mountains tomorrow and we're going to set the tone for the rest of February and March and April. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. The next 90 days, we're going to see the hand of God. So when we pray, stuff happens. When we pray, things get shaken. The very kingdom of darkness trembles and, and quakes. That's why God's moving in America. It's like everything that was hidden is now being leaked out. Everything that was behind closed doors. How many are shocked that everything just being exposed? It's just all coming out. That's what happens when the church prays. If the church didn't pray, it would all be hidden, and most people wouldn't know what was going on. And how many are shocked at how many people are waking up to actually what's happening around the planet? It's like the whole world is now coming to know what is actually going on as the truth is coming out on every side. Everything is shaken. In Acts 4 and verse 31, and when they prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spake the word of God with boldness. That's what happens in these meetings. Amen. Last Sunday night, who was here last Sunday night? And, and I know you thought I was going to go and preach for hours. I didn't. I, I spoke up front. And then the, what happened? The power of God fell upon people, and that's what happened. That's what the Lord did. I told you God was going to do something special, and there was a greater boldness on every person for this week, those that were there. 
I mean, I'd actually try to get rid of people. I said, now, don't come tonight. Please do not come. Stay home. And if you stay home, don't tune in. Don't watch. I said it like for 10 minutes. Please don't come. Stay home. This is a special meeting only for a certain select group of people. And I was doing that thinking to myself, what pastor tells the people not, you know, where a thousand people show up? Now, oh yeah, and pressed in. Now I know these people say, well, pastor, tonight is the Super Bowl and I'm going to be watching it. Look, listen. <laughs> 10 years from now, no one can even remember who won the thing. And I'm, well, you watch whatever you want to, but I'm just letting you know. I mean, Peter, it's in my news program today, is making a big thing about it because chickens are dying and they need their wings. People don't need to eat the chicken wings. And these poor animals are being murdered by human beings just to get the wing. I'm not making it up. Put it up. Put the picture, Peter. Put it up. Stick it up. Tell me when it's up. I tweeted it. Just for that, we need more chicken wings. Just stick it up, guys. Look there. That's Peter. Your Super Bowl snack cost her her life. So in the news program, I said, let's just bow our heads and let's just... For, the, for those that have died, and I thought, um, mild or extra hot sauce? <laughs> These people, people are lunatic. <laughs> people are crazy. How many of you know God's put the stuff here for us to eat? Amen. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what I'm going to do tonight. For everybody that comes to the service tonight, at the end of the service, I'm going to have chicken wings for everybody. Yeah, just because of that. And we could set it up, help me, we'll set it up there with all the sauces and stuff like that, just because of that. So, if you can help me organize that, we'll just put the buckets out there, and it can be a free-for-all. Bunch of idiots. And we do that without the Super Bowl. that he's going to feed everybody at the end of the service with chicken wings. <laughs> You're as crazy as I am. All right, moving right along. The place shaken. Everybody say, the place shaken. Everything we pray about, the Lord answers prayer, and we will see the shaking take place. In the natural, it will be visible to every person. Acts 16 and 26, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, so the foundation of the prison was shaken, 
and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. That means as we pray, God causes even His Holy Spirit moves on our behalf and the angelic hosts move on our behalf. I'm praying that when we stand on that field in, in Africa, in Cape Town, in that stadium, that in three days it's going to shake the whole city, that whatever the devil was planning in the up-and-coming elections in the month of May, God will turn that thing around. Cape Town will be shaken. South Africa will be shaken by the hand of God. We're praying that whatever happens in London in those five days will be an unraveling of whatever the enemy was planning. That even tomorrow as we pray, those that are trying to get us into a third world war with Russia, that God will unravel the whole thing. Unravel every inch of it. Let everything fall by the wayside. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Place is shaken. Everyone said place is shaken. What are you believing for and what are you believing God to shake? How many have got some things on a list? Bring that list and make it twice. Can you say amen? And that's what we're going to move tomorrow from midday to midnight. And we're going to see it shaken by the hand of the Lord. Hallelujah. So I've listed things. But you, I want you to have personal things. We've got 12 hours. I want you to have 12 personal things that you believe in God for. So you can pray personally and then pray corporately. Is that good? Then, as we see those things happen, you tick them off. You just mark them off. Look what happened at the close of the year. As we said, mark some things down. Pastor Kenneth and Jessica, they had three things. And she wanted a fourth thing, and Pastor Kenneth said, no, no, I don't want the fourth thing. She said, but I would like it. He said, no, the three is enough. We've got big things here. And so she said she was mad at him because he wouldn't put the fourth thing down. So finally... He acquiesced. Guess what? Within one week, the fourth thing happened first. Okay. So, don't limit God. Listen, we've got 12 hours, so put 12 things down. Whatever. And go back to what you wrote at the turn of the year and put that down. Come on. We, we speak the word of God. We'll see things shaken by the hand of God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then we give him all the glory and the praise and the honor. So, the reason why we're going to do a 24-hour water fast is because, you know, as you know, when I first came to America back in December of 1987, I was surrounded by churches at that time who would start the year off with 21 days of fasting, which I have no problem. My mother fasted 40 days, so I got, nothing, I got no problem with people fasting, but a certain church... In 1988, when I arrived there, they were, we were on a 21-day of fasting. And I looked at them, and I thought, man, something's wrong here. You might as well just have eaten. 
I personally didn't think that they saw any breakthrough or whatever. I said, if I fasted like you did, I'd walk on water. And they did that every year, 88, 89, 90, 91, 92. So by 92, after five years of watching them do their rigmarole for 21 days of fasting, I just, I wasn't interested because I thought we get people touched in the power of God and they operate in a greater anointing than you people after you fasted 21 days. And I'm not against what people, what God tells people to do. Now, in recent years, all of the fasting and prayers become more about menu than anything else. You know, the Daniel fast. If you see the Daniel fast cookbook, Lord have mercy. If you live off of that, you'll put on weight. You'll be in trouble. You, you'll be fatter at the end of the fast. And then I see all these people, fat people, fat pastors. I've just finished the fast. Yeah. You mean you finished the buffet? <laughs> yeah. I've just finished a 21-day fast. Um, I don't think so. And I'm not picking on fat people. I've been fat. I've been very fat. I've been fat and thin and fat again. So I'm not picking on fat people, but don't make an excuse. I'm on, the, I'm on 35 days of fast right now. Look like you've got a vacuum cleaner connected up to a buffet line. The last all-you-can-eat buffet you went into, the chef came out and said, you eat too much. You eat. You eat too much. That will cause trouble, yeah. You eat too much meat. You eat vegetable. You eat broccoli. <laughs> you know you're in trouble. Five hours later when they say, would you please leave the restaurant, please. <laughs> and then people do, you know, the six to six, like a water bill, which is really Ramadan. I mean, it's no different than Muslims. You know what I mean? I don't copy Muslims. My pattern for fasting does not come from the Islamic religion. Hello. Because I've been in the Middle East at the time when they're doing it, and it's really bad because during the day they're cranky, they, they whatever, and right at 6 o'clock they stuff their face. They, they, they eat whatever they want to. How's that a fast? Hello? I'm just asking. Somebody said, well, I couldn't survive 24 hours without food. And I mean, yes, you can. Somebody said, what I do? Drink water. Every time you think of food, drink water. I drink four and a half liters of water every day right now. Somebody said, yeah, but then I'd have to go pee. That's why we have restrooms. Why do you think we built the restrooms? Hello. Utilize them.
Notice, notice that, I mean, everybody got excited about the chicken wings tonight. They're all excited about it. And the moment I mentioned a fast, 24 hours. I don't know what to do with you people. So why are we doing this? We're setting aside this time to tell the Lord we press again into the Word and we press again in prayer and we're believing for miracles. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So I'm going to run through some of the things we're going to be praying about. But remember, your prayer list, I don't know what they are, but obviously you want to get in agreement with it. Just make sure it's scriptural. Like one of the things on your prayer list should not be, Father, kill my mother-in-law. That's not scriptural. Lord, my wife, please remove her from the earth. That's not scriptural. Somebody said, come on, pastor. People don't do that. People do that. I used to go down the lines and ask people what the problem was. And when I heard it, I, I stopped asking. It was horrifying to me. All right, so we're going to be praying over River University. Over all the students that are here. Obviously, that they don't get distracted, that they stay the course, finish what God's doing, and that the Lord does His work in them so when they leave here, they can go out and bring about a total transformation wherever they find themselves. Can you say Amen. Then we're going to be praying over the city of Tampa and the state of Florida. Somebody said, well, what about the rest of America? Um, right now, I'm not interested in the rest of America. In this hour, we're going to be praying over Tampa and Florida, because that's where we live. Then we're going to be praying over all the cities that we're going to be going to on the 300-city tour, because you only have one night and you really have to have a key to break open. Every city is different and believing God for people to be touched and changed. Then we're going to be praying over the whole property, RMI World Headquarters for the building and the expansion of what the Lord wants here. And then we're going to pray over all the ministries under RMIMA. We have over a thousand ministers, the part of the association. We're going to be praying over them, all the churches, all the evangelists, all the missionaries for God to totally bless them. And then we're going to be lifting up the seven nations, which will split between two hours, Botswana, Madagascar, and Lesotho. We'll be praying over that. And then Zambia, Togo, and Cameroon. Somebody said, what about South Africa? Well, that'll take us to the eighth hour. We'll be praying over the whole of the uh, Peter Maritzburg meeting, but especially the stadium meeting that's going to take place. And uh, according to many on the ground, they can't remember when a crusade of this magnitude was held. That's what everybody's saying. We can't remember when last in the city of Cape Town and so over four million people that anything of this magnitude was done. And then we're going to be praying over the River Church and its members. 
Listen, let me tell you, this is an amazing church. One day I'm going to take you there. The River Church is an amazing church. I've traveled around the world and I've never seen a place like the river. One day I'm going to take you there. One, one day, one day, if you're good, I'm going to take you to the River Church and you too will experience. It's a great place with some of the greatest people on the face of the planet. I just saw somebody say, I thought we were here already. What's he talking about? And then we're going to be praying over the London Holy Ghost and Fire meetings, which is very critical to what's going to happen. And then we're going to be praying over all the conferences coming up, the ladies' conference, the ministers and ladies' conference. And then we're going to close out the, between 11 and 12, praying for the 300 multi-millionaires that God is raising up for the blessing of heaven to be upon them open doors for clarity, wisdom, you know, things that, there, there are obstacles in the way. There's an obstacle when you fish all night and caught nothing. But when Jesus comes in that boat, then everything changes. Can you say amen? How many are glad that I'm sharing this with you? And reports are coming in from places where people are going to join us. This is only the beginning, ladies and gentlemen. Everything that we've seen take place here is preparatory for what's coming. And there's certain things that you'll understand even the next three years. You'll say, I'm so happy that the Lord prepared us for that. God prepared us for COVID. This church was built for COVID. And God has prepared us for whatever is coming in the days to come. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. So let me just pray over you right now. Father, may a spirit of prayer come upon your people for these next 36 hours, as we even prepare ourselves tomorrow for the 24-hour fast, and then we press in in the 12 hours of prayer. Your word says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much, makes mighty power available in its working. This power is so powerful that it could shut up the heavens to where there was no rain for three and a half years. And then this power is so powerful that fire comes down and destroys the enemy and the rains come. So I pray that upon your people. Elijah was a man of like passions and he prayed. And we have a field full of people that have like passions. They're human beings. But when we pray, supernatural power is released. And I thank you for that. May we come through by midnight tomorrow night and by the early hours of Tuesday morning, may we come through into another dimension and let that be upon every single member of this church. And I thank you for the breakthroughs on every side in Jesus' name.
mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. I just want you to bow your heads across this field. And I'm going to give a call for people that are here today that maybe you have never given your life to Jesus. You've never said, Jesus, be Lord and Savior in my life. Or you're watching by way of television. I need to ask you the question, what would happen if today was your last day on the earth? If you went home today, tonight and put your head on your pillow, and in the middle of the night you breathed out your last breath, where would you go? Where would you spend eternity? I want you to know there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And you don't have to go to a devil's hell because 2,000 years ago in Calvary's cross, the price was paid, the blood was shed. And just like that old song said, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood, lose all the guilty stain today. The power of sin will be broken. The power of guilt and shame will be removed from your life. You might have come in here one way, but you'll leave another way. Today he calls you. Today he says, come unto me, all ye that labor and have it laden, and I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Today the power of sin will be broken. The power of guilt and shame will be removed from your life. Maybe it's something hidden that no one can see. Pride, unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, anger, lust, the hidden things that clog the heart of man. Maybe it's something outward that all can see, which makes it even more difficult because you say, well, what's the use? But God is a God of a second chance and a new beginning, and he says, come. Today he will touch you. Today he will set you free. Today he will deliver you. Today the power of the enemy shall be broken. So open your heart and receive now this free gift of salvation. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You can't go somewhere to make yourself better and then bring yourself back in a better position to receive it. You humble yourself to get it and say, yes, Lord, I believe. And I come to you today. Maybe you're here under the sound of my voice or you that are watching in your homes and say, Pastor, a storm came against my life, a sudden divorce, a bankruptcy, the loss of a loved one, a sudden illness, the betrayal of a close friend, the loss of a job. Something happened that rocked my world. But today, I'm coming back. Today, I'm going to fall in love with Jesus all over again. There are many storms that come against people. You, you hear me tell the story of a pastor of a mega church that called me up and said, our church has exploded, everything, people, finances. But he said, I don't want to be there. He said, my son died suddenly. And he said, it took the wind out of my sails. And he said, I can't even pray. I can't even read the Bible. I can't even get a message. He said, it blindsided me. That's what I'm talking about, these things that will come and blindside you to knock you off the path. But God said, I'm going to set you back on today. And then lastly, if you're in this place, if you're on this field today, or you're watching in your homes and say, Pastor, 
I love the Lord with all my heart, but the devil's always lying to me, telling me that I'm not saved and that I'm not born again. And I want to know, I want to have the assurance. I want to have the calm assurance that I'm a child of God, that if Jesus comes today, I'm going to be with him. If that's you, right across this field, won't you quickly just put your hand up and say, pray for me right now. I need Jesus. Thank you. Hands are going up there, there, there. Just slip it up high and say, yes, yes, yes. Yes, just put up high. Yes, yes. I see your hands. Just slip it up high and say, yes. Your heart is pounding away and God's saying today, 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 today. Not tomorrow, today, today. You can do that in your homes. Somebody said, nobody can see me. He sees you right in your homes. Praise God. You can put your hands down. I want you to look at me, please. Over on the west side of the pavilion, all the way through the back, if you did not raise your hand, but you want to be included in the prayer, I'm going to pray quickly. Slip your hand up and say, include me. Include me, Pastor. Include me. Don't leave me out. Anybody else? I see your hands on the far side. Anybody else? Right at the back. God bless you. Another hand, yes. The central area, you didn't raise your hand, but want to be included, just slip your hand up. Thank you. God bless you. Anybody else? Another hand there. Anybody else? Just slip it up high and say, that's me. And then over here on the east side of the pavilion, all the way through the back, you didn't raise your hand, but want to be included, slip your hand up and say, include me. Anybody else? Raise up high and say, that's me. That's me. Thank you. I want everyone that raised your hand to stand right now, all across the field, stand. Every person that raised your hand, stand, 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 stand. Stand. I'm going to ask that you come from where you are and come stand right here. We're going to pray together. Come. Come now. decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me. The world behind me. The cross before me. The world behind me. No turning back. No turning back. You can take the whole world. 
but give me Jesus. You can take the whole world. But give me Jesus. You can take the whole world. But give me Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Now, don't get offended if somebody stops you and asks you a question. If you're a child of God, if you're just staring with a blank look on your face, they might approach you. But it's just everybody here wants everybody to get saved. So don't take it personally. I went there and they walked up to me. Just be happy that people are concerned about everybody. Amen. Praise God. I. In my spirit, I've, I feel we're going to do something big on Easter Sunday. I just felt, that, you know, we, we do our big outreaches on Christmas and Thanksgiving, but we're going to do something big on Easter Sunday. I just felt that in my, in my spirit. Amen. I want you to look at me right now. We're going to pray one prayer if it's all. If you mean business with God, God means business with you. And you at your home, you can pray this together with us. I want you to close your eyes and raise your right hand to heaven. That's where your help comes from. And pray this off to me. Believe it in your heart and say this with your mouth. Say, Father, I come to you in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Lord, you said in your word, if I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. And I believe in my heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead. I will be saved. So, Father, right now, I confess Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart right now. Take out the stony heart. Put in a heart of flesh. Wash me. Cleanse me. Change me. Fill me. Use me. Let me never be the same again. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin. And I follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you that on the third day you rose for me. And thank you that you're coming back again for me. From this day on, I'll never be the same again. I confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. He is my Lord and my Savior. And right now, by faith in the finished work of the cross and by the shed blood of Jesus, I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm on my way to heaven because Jesus lives in my heart. I receive this now. Now, Father, let me pray let me pray over you. Father, seal them now by your blood and by your spirit that on that day not one would be missing. Raise them up to be mighty men and women of God and use them, I pray, 
I break every bondage, I break every addiction, I break every blockage, I break every hindrance, I break every force of darkness coming against their life, and I set you free. In Jesus' name, in the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus, from this day on, you'll never be the same. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now just lift both hands and just thank him right now. Just thank him. Just talk to him. And just thank him. Just thank him. Just thank him. Say, thank you, Lord, for setting me free. Say, thank you, Lord, for saving me. Amen. This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Drs. Rodney and Adonica Howard-Brown or for additional resources, visit Revival.com.